Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Sheree Felice, and this week we are very lucky to have director Wei Lin Chen and her translator for the day, Emily Zhang. Wei Lin Chen is the director of the Netflix hit on children, or Neither Heidze Busher Neither Heidze. Her series is gaining traction in the science fiction world and is being dubbed the Taiwanese Black Mirror. Listen in as we delve into Wei Lin Chen's experience in the film industry and what it's like to have a hit show on Netflix. Thank you both for coming. Tell me, Miss Chen, how did you get into directing? 其实我大学学的就是这一个。可是我大学毕业之后，因为很幸运，老师帮我介绍工作，我就进了台湾的电视台工作。那所以我就非常顺理成章的就一直在做这一行。那拍戏的话是也不是我自己争取来的，就是非常。奇妙的因缘之下，我就开始拍戏了。To summarize it, kind of flew into her hands. She graduated from Danjiang University, and she was a film major. And then after she graduated, her professor kind of just got her the job, and then she just started working. Basically, just flew drop on her hands. Your professor must have seen something in you. Because I was because I really like this thing to do. I was from a young age knew I wanted to do television. 里面的这些事情，虽然我不知道那是什么，可是我从小就非常喜欢看戏，非常喜欢看电视、看电影，所以我就觉得我一定要做这件事情，所以我才会进了大众传播系，然后学这一个。Since childhood, she was so interested in whatever is happening on TV, and she was so fascinated by what's going on TV, even though she didn't understand what that was, and then she was very inspired by it, and then that inspired her into getting to film studies. What are some films that inspired you? 太多了。我小时候就看港剧，然后看日剧。比如说，我大学的时候很喜欢看《东京爱情故事》oh. ，看《爱情白皮书》。小的时候看港剧，看《鹿鼎记》，然后看所有的金庸的武侠片。Oh. 电影的话就更多了。She has a lot of inspiration from TV shows. Mostly Hong Kong TV series or Japanese series, and two of her favorites were Tokyo Love Story and、yeah. Love Book. These two are back in the nineties are very popular Japanese shows. Those were very famous in Asia, especially in Taiwan. And some other Hong Kong series she mentioned were called Lu Ding Ji. It's adapted from a Chinese martial arts novel. There's an author called Jin Yong who just passed away, I think, a month ago. That's one of his works. His works are very popular. All of them have been adapted into either series or movies. Jin Yong's name is very well known in the Chinese circle. Your child, not your child, is on children is. Being described as the Black Mirror of Asia, and it's really resonating a lot with people from all over the world. How do you feel about having such a global impact? Actually, I think I'm a very adventurous person. So, I hope that my every piece of work will have different aspects. Before I started making children, I actually did a lot of research. I hope to use a more adventurous way. 然后来呈现这部片，因为我们知道那个小说其实很写实，那个小说讲的都是我，我们也曾经尝试过用写实的方式去说这个故事，可是后来就发现那个写实会让人家，我我们希望它有一个戏剧性的距离，就是说如果它加进了科幻的元素，是不是会让人家觉得哦，他在看一个故事，那那不是真实的，可是看完之后又觉得哦天哪，他在讲的是真实的故事，希望有一个那样子预言的效果。The interesting is the original novel. Has no sci-fi elements at all. It was very realistic. 
the stories were basically just daily stories. It's not it's not based on any kind of sci-fi theory. But when she got the chance to do this, and Huilin wanted to create a viewing distance in order to let the audience to watch what's happening on screen, but can also feel safe. Like you're watching a story, which is very educational. It's like teaching you, but it's not real because it happens in the fictional world. Feel like you're not attacked right. by what they're saying in the story. So that was her intention of adding the sci-fi elements into it. What brought you into the project? What do you think about it? 其实最早一开始我在看到这本书的时候，那时候我一看完书，我就受到了非常大的震撼，因为我自己并没有那样子的成长背景，就是我的爸爸妈妈并不会特别要求我一定要考上什么好的学校，然后在教育上特别的压迫我，可是。我看了书之后才发现，哦，原来到了这个年代，还有那么多孩子在受这样子的苦。那大家对于成功这件事情，价值观很单一，好像只有念书才能获得成功，或是人生生生在这个世界上，你就必须要读好学校，要有好的工作，赚大钱，这个才叫成功。那生而为人，真正的快乐到底是什么？然后你的。功能到底在哪里？然后没有人在讨论这件事情，所以当公司找我做这件事情的时候，我非常的开心。然后一方面也非常的紧张，因为我觉得这样的议题在台湾很沉重，可是很写实。可是大家想不想看？因为观众总是想逃避很沉重的东西。When she first read the novel, she was astonished or shocked, even because she didn't grow up in that kind of family. Her parents were very open-minded and very supportive of her life choices. So, from reading the novel, she realized that there are a lot of children, like kids, have been suppressed. And parents feed their children about what success is like. You have to get good grades. You have to go to. Top schools, you have to get a good job and make a lot of money. And this kind of mindset is still been taught. She thinks that this is very sad, and she was humbled and very nervous even when the original network asked her to do this show. She thought that this is a very tough topic, and also is very current. But she also worried about will people watch it because it tells the truth. Do you think that there's any backlash? From this show in Taiwan, 其实它一开始就造成了很大的争议。在我们第一支预告出现之后，就开始出现很多声音。这也是一开始它被受到瞩目的缘起。那我那个声音是我们预期的，就是会有很多比较保守的家长会觉得：你要教我怎么教孩子吗？教孩子是我们家的事情，你如何对我的孩子负责？你们就只是会煽动年轻人做一些革命的事情。那我觉得这个是我们预期之内。的反应，因为我们的确也想让这些人能够思考到底什么是教育，那到底生而为人最重要的价值是什么？所以对我来说，其实是没有太多反作用力的。对我来说，所有的事情都是正面的，因为就算它引起争议，也是我们很希望能够。Since the first trailer came out, the show has gathered a lot of attention, and there were a large group of people, parents especially, they were really against the topic. They felt like they were attacked, and they felt like the creators were trying to teach them a lesson. These reactions were expected, and she didn't see these. As backlash, she felt these were actually positive reactions because it means that the show has gathered 
attention, and it has started conversation and make people start to think. Like, is this kind of education a good education? Is it positive to our kids? So even though those reactions might be negative, she felt that was a positive thing. How many episodes of Nida Haiza Busha Nida Haiza did you direct? 全部 all of them. If you could pick one episode, what is your favorite episode? 如果一定要选一个的话，我最喜欢的是茉莉的最后一天 She said, "If she has to pick one, the last day of Molly's is her favorite." Your favorite one to watch, or is it your favorite one to direct? Both. How did you go from being asked to turn this book into a show to being picked up by Netflix? Actually, when we started working on this case, our goal was Netflix. 对，然后所以呢，我们其实，在开拍之前，我们就以这个当目标。那当然，我们没有做出片子以来，你让 Netflix 光看企划案，他们是可能无法想象这样的一部片子。所以，当我们一完成、一拍完之后，我们就马上剪了一个短板的片花预告片，然后送去给 Netflix 看。那他们看了之后就很喜欢，就开始跟我们要第第一集。就要一个完整的片子。当他们看完完整的片子之后，他们就决定买这部片，因为他们觉得这是一个嗯，在台湾来讲一个很不一样的作品。所以从我们剪完第一个单元之后，就已经做了这个决定。那我们所有的后置规格就开始跟着 Netflix。那我觉得它比较有趣的事情是。它是同步播出，这也是台湾第一部跟 Netflix 同步播出的片子。When they started to do the show, they were actually aiming at Netflix already. They had Netflix in their mind, but in order to convince Netflix to buy the show, they have to present something. Other than just a show bible, a show bible is not just enough. So after they finish the post production of the first episode, she sent a trailer to Netflix. So they were kind of like pitching it to Netflix. And after Netflix saw the trailer, and they were amazed by the、uh, the quality and the storytelling, so Netflix asked them to send the first episode. And after they saw the first episode, they decided to buy the whole series. This was the first Taiwanese show. That is simultaneously aired on Netflix and on a local channel, so it's a very big step for us. Would you say it's maybe one of the most popular Taiwanese shows on Netflix right now? Maybe. What is the Hollywood of Taiwan? Is there a Hollywood of Taiwan? Taiwan 的话，基本上还是台北吧。可是我觉得我们还不足以形成一个工业。就是说，我觉得台湾的影视圈。好像是每个人都在单打独斗，然后我觉得那个资源整合其实还不够完整。She would say Taipei, but the tricky part is we're not big or we're not strong enough to have an industry here. We, we're kind of like fighting our own war. People haven't really come together to build the industry yet, so it's very different. With China's relationship with Taiwan, do you see any media censorship? That's happening in Taiwan, even at a small level. I think for a long time, filming in Taiwan is a very free and open thing. You can choose what you want to say. Of course, this is not possible in China. You have such a choice because I also filmed in China. The most popular films in China are romance films. Those romance films may have to be careful about their censorship rules. Basically, 台湾大概就是目目前所有华人地区唯一可以自由发声的地方吧。She felt that working in Taiwan has more freedom comparing with mainland China and even in Hong Kong. And herself has worked both in mainland and Taiwan. Her past experience in China was mostly romantic comedies. So 
speaking of censorship, she didn't feel as restricted, but she still have to watch out. If you're shooting even just romantic content, you have to be careful. In China, yes. Do they have people come to the studio and make sure everything's okay, or do they read the script first? 其实从一开始剧本的时候就会审查。那比较困难的是，当你完成一部片子的时候，他们是每一集都要审查。比如说，我在二零一五年拍了一部片子，到现在都还没有播出。就是审查有点问题，因为他是谈高中生恋爱的故事。The Chinese government will start the censorship from scratch. You have to send your screenplays to the government. They will check first, and then after your post production, they will have representative to check on every single episode, just to make sure. That everything is okay. Back in 2015, she shot a series in China, but it hasn't been aired till now because the story was about. Two high school students falling in love, and this is kind of against their rules. You're not supposed to depict young people falling in love before become adults. Do you think that your show is accessible in China? 其实我们那时候很想跟腾讯或者爱奇艺合作，因为基本上中国大陆还是一个很大的市场。不过当时买片的人就告诉我们，其实这样的题材在国内其实是完全不可能审查过关的，所以后来没有。那可是我们在百度上还是可以看到有一些观众，他们透过网络看到这一部片子。那我觉得，其实在中国大陆更适合播这部片子，因为其实他们的压力比我们的孩子还要更大，他们的竞争太激烈了。At the beginning, there were buyers. That have showed their interest in buying the series, but she was told that this kind of content won't pass the standards. Like it will definitely be censored. The production team did see people sharing their thoughts on Baidu. People will find their ways to watch the series. Do you think that you'll ever do any projects in English or for foreign films? I don't know if there will be such an opportunity, but I'm very excited. She's not sure if it's going to happen, but she's looking forward to it. Where do you think? The movie industry in general, what trend do you think it's going towards? 其实我觉得现在的确就是科幻或是灵异或鬼怪在台湾很受欢迎。就是我并不觉得它是会持续的。就是说，大家对某一种题材总会有疲累，就是看太多会疲累。所以其实只是好的故事。然后至于接下来会是什么样的类型，那就看会出现什么样的故事。Currently, most popular shows in Taiwan mostly sci-fi, horror, supernatural shows. It's a trend, but she believes that those shows are popular not just because they're of its genre, but because they tell good stories. So Huilin believes that if you want your show to go on, the story matters. It's not just about the genre. What's your favorite thing that you've created? 我最喜欢的应该还是我的第一部片子，因为那是在没有受到任何外力的影响下最纯粹的创作。Her favorite is her first project, her first film, because. It wasn't influenced by anyone else. She was totally responsible for the producing, directing, writing, and no one tried to influence her. What's the first thing that you produced? Huang Jingxian, the show that was aired on Da Ai. How would someone like me access it? YouTube 上面有 What do you think is the hardest part of? The movie making process. I I think every part of the process is difficult. But if you have to choose one, I think it's the script. Because that's the basic of the script. If there's no good script, there's no way for anyone to produce it, and there's no way for anyone to know. So I think the script is the most difficult. Everything in filmmaking is difficult. But if you just mention one, 
Writing the screenplay is the most difficult one because the screenplay, the story, is the essence of a show, of a film. So if you don't have a good story, if you, have, if you don't have a good screenplay, it's difficult for you to get people to attach to this project. What's your favorite part of the film business? I still like directing. Directing. Why? I think it's creating a world in which everything becomes real and it requires a lot of creativity. 聪明的人，有热情的人，一起来参与这件事情。Because she thinks directing is a way of building an, an imaginary world, and she loves this process, and she loves gathering all the talented people she's worked with, and she thinks that's the most fascinating part. What projects are you working on? 我现在要做的一个也是小说改编的，也是一个根据现实改编的一个故事。它讲的是一个在台湾一个六十几岁的女人如何把自己嫁到澳洲去。这个她的作者，呃，就是这个作者的妈妈。是他，这是他真人实事发生的事情。然后，我觉得这是一个非常励志的爱情故事。Right now, she's also working on an adaptation of a novel. This novel is the author's mother. She's sixty years old. She was widowed a few years ago. She managed to meet someone online, and then she get herself married to Australia. And she didn't know how to speak English at all, but she、wow. managed to do that. And she thought this was a very inspiring story and very heartwarming. So she's doing. This series on pre-production right now. What would you say to students or future kids now that want to break into the movie industry? I think is to live seriously, live seriously, and to observe each person. Live life to the fullest, and then watch people around you, watch everything around you, watch them closely. And if I am a kid now, and I'm from Taiwan, and I want to become a director or a screenwriter, what should I be doing to get ready? 大量的阅读小说，以及阅读电影，以及看电视。Read a lot of novels, read a lot of stories, and watch a lot of films and TV shows. We are going to do a little lightning round, and in this, I'm going to ask Miss Chen what. Some of her favorite movies are. So, are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite romance film? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Horror. The Sixth Sense. Action. Indiana Jones. Comedy. Every film of Stephen Charles. Drama. Shoplifters. Animation. Totoro. Science fiction. Inception. Genre, romance. Least favorite genre. Horror. Favorite director. Christopher Nolan. And what is one movie that you think everyone should see? Roma. Thank you again, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank Waylon Chen and Emily Zhang for joining me this week in the studio. Be sure to check out On Children or Nida Haiza Bushu Nida Haiza streaming on Netflix now. That's it for this week's episode of Taiwan Talk. Remember to take care of yourselves. I'm Sheree Felice.